Welcome to Gov Innovator. I'm Andy Feldman. Our focus today is a strategy that states can use to make the most of ESSA, the Every Student Succeeds Act, in terms of learning and doing what works to strengthen student outcomes. Our guest is Tom Kane of Harvard University. Here's a clip. Local districts are just emerging from the No Child Left Behind era, where they were primarily in compliance mode. And we need local leaders thinking much more ambitiously about ways to try to reform their schools, rather than thinking about ways that they could comply with the federal and state regulations. The bipartisan Every Student Succeeds Act was enacted in December 2015. ESSA gives states more opportunities to design their own educational systems while also encouraging and sometimes requiring them to use evidence-based approaches that can help improve student outcomes. Our guest today, Tom Kane, joins us for part two of our conversation about how states can use ESSA to focus educational spending on what works. Our earlier conversation in April focused on how states can use efficacy networks to test strategies for school improvement. Today, we focus on another strategy for state education leaders. Tom Kane is a professor of education and economics at the Harvard Graduate School of Education and a faculty director of the Center for Education Policy Research at Harvard. Tom, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Andy. So, Tom, you have a recommendation for how states can make the most of ESSA in terms of learning and doing what works. And that recommendation is for states to carve out at least a portion of the dollars that they receive through ESSA, federal dollars in other words, and provide those funds as competitive grants to school districts rather than simply allocating those dollars by formula. Tell us more about what that opportunity is. So there are several places in ESSA where states are allowed to pass along federal funds competitively. Probably the largest is for school improvement grants. So states are allowed to set aside 7% of the $15 billion in in Title I grants for school improvement. So that's about a billion dollars. And that billion dollars, they do not have to pass through formulaically. They could instead allocate it competitively to the best ideas in the state for how to try to turn around a low-achieving school. And the nice thing about that, and the reason why I think that's important at this moment in, in time, is that local districts are just emerging from the No Child Left Behind era, where they were primarily in compliance mode. And we need local leaders thinking much more ambitiously about ways to try to reform their schools, rather than thinking about ways that they could comply with the federal and state regulations. And this, by offering these grant competitions, states could provide a lever for those local leaders who have you know, a terrific idea. Uh, it would give them an excuse to try to bring their colleagues along and apply for the state grant funding. It's not just an opportunity in the ESSA law, it's an opportunity that comes at a time when we need to rejuvenate local reform efforts. And what would you say, Tom, to those who might argue that running a competitive grant program is more complicated and more costly, requires more staff than simply using a formula? Because when applicants... Uh, provide evidence behind the their approach, you actually need staff to review that evidence and see if it's valid. Tell me your argument about why those extra resources would be 
definitely worth it. Right. So there are two main benefits to running a competitive grant program. You're right that that they're costlier to administer because you have to read and assess the applications. But the two main benefits are, number one, you have essentially empowered the innovators in local districts to sort of step forward. I'm sure that there are thousands of chief academic officers out there who have an idea about how they could reduce chronic absenteeism, but don't have you know, a mandate from their local leadership to step forward to propose the idea. So simply by holding the competition, the first benefit is you, you empower the local people with ideas to step forward in a way that they may not if it's just status quo formula-based funding. A second advantage is that it would help you, particularly if you combined it with with evaluation work, would help you a few years down the road determine how to target your own state dollars more effectively. And just given that state dollars are much larger in magnitude than federal dollars in K-12 education, the payoffs would be sizable. A final question for you, Tom. Tell me your best guess about the pushback that might occur with the recommendation to use more competitive grants. What are the political hurdles that need to be overcome for us to see states launch competitions for at least some of the federal education dollars that flow to them? I've never spoken with a school district that felt like they were flush with with money. And so particularly these days when you know most states are struggling to keep up with uh, their public uh, obligations there will be a lot of pressure simply to pass along uh, the federal dollars to districts formulaically now i actually think that they should pass along most of the funds formulaically, particularly since the formula requires targeting school districts with large numbers of low-income students. But I also think that states need to take this opportunity to recognize that, gosh, we've got to learn something about what's the most effective way to spend these dollars. And we have an opportunity to like spark leadership at the local level. So they should set aside this, you know, 7% of the Title I funds and the other funds that they're allowed to allocate competitively. For instance, a portion of the teacher and leader incentive fund dollars could be allocated uh, competitively and do that even if they get some pushback. Now, I, I think for state commissioners of education to be willing to take that risk, it would be useful to have support from governor's offices and and state legislators as well. So the governor's offices are required to sign off on the state's uh, submissions to the federal government under ESSA. And that would be uh, their opportunity to provide support to the state superintendents or state commissioners of education to use this competitive grant authority. Tom, we covered a lot of ground, including an overview of Proving Ground in our previous podcast and also your recommendations on ESSA. So I really appreciate you sharing your insights with us. Thank you, Andy. I've enjoyed it very much.